Welcome to the Spurs Up Show, home of the best Gamecocks content on the internet. The following is presented to you by our friends over at MyBookie. Football is back, and so is winning season at MyBookie. NFL, college football, and a brand new cash-out system give you options to bet and win all season long. First two legs of your parlay hit, cash out early and use the funds on another bet, or let it ride for the chance at a bigger payday. Use early cash outs as a tool to stay in control of the action at MyBookie. To get started, go to MyBookie.ag now and register an account for free. When you're ready to make your first deposit, just use promo code TSUS to grab a welcome bonus on the house. That's promo code TSUS to claim your deposit bonus and, for a limited time, a free chip to use in the MyBookie Casino. You can bet on anything, anytime, anywhere, only with MyBookie. We're also brought to you by our friends over at Twisted Tea. Twisted Tea, the drink that fuels fun and celebrates your love for college football. Keep it twisted. We're also brought to you by our friends over at Prize Picks. Go download the Prize Picks app or go to prizepicks.com. And when you do, use the promo code TSUS to receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100. Prize Picks is the simplest fantasy game on the market focused around prop total entries. You pick two to six players and you can win up to 10 times on any entry. Price Picks has no sharks, optimizers, or mass multi-entry. It's literally just you against the projection. They also allow mixed sport entry. So, for example, you can take the over on LeBron, parlay with the under on Mahomes. They've got college sports, pro sports, literally anything and everything you can think of. They have got it over at Prize picks. They also have a slick, easy to use mobile app, both on the App Store and Google Play. They're rated 4.8 stars in the App Store with rave reviews. So many fans and listeners of the Spurs Up show have made tons of money with our friends at Prize Picks, and you should as well. So, again, go download the Prize Picks app or go to prizepicks.com. And when you do, use that promo code TS. U.S. to receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100. Be sure to check them out and tell them that Chris from the Spurs Up Show sent you. Let's get it! We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, 
So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Program director at ESPN Arkansas, co-host of the Morning Rush, and someone that I'm very fortunate I was able to connect with at SEC Media Days in Nashville, Tennessee, Ty Richardson. He joins the show, of course, to talk all things hogs, but also SEC football as well. Ty, what's going on, my friend? How are you? It's great to connect with you uh, once again, my man. What's up? Chris, good to, good to be with you, man. I, I will say this. Last time we had an interview together, I was dead tired. I was out way too late the night before, woke up at 3.45 in the morning, got about three hours of sleep. You, on the other hand, made the smart decision. You got to bed early. You got to interview Beamer in SEC Media Day. So I have to, again, I got to replenish and hopefully uh, establish the same energy that you brought. So I'm excited to talk with you, man. But you have the memories that uh, our good buddy John Neighbors posted on his TikTok of karaoke night. So I I, I got to make sure I I got to get, get on that horse next year in Dallas and make sure I'm a part of uh, – that production, if you will. Also, by the way, Ty, before we get going, are you ready to admit and and, and say and, and explain why you were one of the folks that voted for Vanderbilt to win the SEC championship? You know what? I uh, tried to go on Paul Feinbaum's show after he advocated and asked for the Vanderbilt voters to come on, but even he would not have me. Yeah, it's, listen, I, uh, I, I would. That was that was a pretty interesting thing that came out. A lot of people were ticked. I, I I thought it was funny at first, and then I saw why some people were mad and I understood it. So yeah, it was a that was an interesting dynamic that came out of the voting process at SEC Media Days, Chris. Looking at the media's picks, Ty, you know, I, I thought it was interesting. We'll start with the SEC West. I, I think it really says a lot about the way that the media respects Nick Saban and what he's built at Alabama. The fact they were picked to win the West because I admittedly picked LSU, and when I look at it, Ty. LSU, in my opinion, has less question marks than Alabama. I understand Brian Kelly was very forthcoming, saying that, hey, we're probably a year away in regards to roster, to really competing for you know the national championship and being on that level, if you will. But, I mean, you look, man, LSU's loaded. I mean, they're loaded across the board. And I understand last year, late last season, the way they finished maybe left some things to be, be desired. But I thought for sure they'd be the pick in the SEC West instead of Alabama, even though we have no idea – who their quarterback's going to be going into week one. Your thoughts on the media picking Alabama over LSU. Who was your pick, by the way, and, and what does it say to you that the media sided with the Crimson Tide? Well, you and I were in the same line of thinking. I picked LSU. You look at that offensive line, what they return. Of course, Jaden Daniels being first-team All-SEC quarterback. Neighbors on the outside. They've got some dudes on the offense. And I do have question marks in the secondary of what they have to replace on defense. But you get Mason Smith back, teamed with Makai Wingo on that D-line, that defense is going to be nasty. And Brian Kelly, I think, 
Chris. All he's doing there is just sandbagging. They got enough talent to beat Georgia this year. They just got to figure it out. Not to say that Georgia isn't the most talented team in college football because they probably are, but with the portal and what LSU has in Louisiana and consistently on the recruiting trail, they can do it. Now, to your point about Alabama, you're spot on. I mean, it's Nick Saban. You can't look at anything on the roster based on what they lost. And again, I'm not saying their roster is talentless because that would be an idiotic take. But you look at what they lost in Jameer Gibbs. You look at what they lost in Will Anderson. Bryce Young, maybe the best quarterback that he's ever had. And LSU has more letter than men, more returnees. Even Texas A&M is in the same category. But Saban's still Saban. A lot of good quality teams coming to Tuscaloosa this year. I think when factoring these decision and debates, I think that played into it as well. You look at what Alabama has coming into Bryant-Denny versus where they have to go. Not to say that the 12th man college station will be easy or another road test or two, but it's definitely more favorable this year than having their road test that they went through last year. Now, Ty, you look at the rest of the SEC West. The West is just fascinating, right? I mean, really three through seven with Texas A&M, Ole Miss, Arkansas, Auburn, and Mississippi State. Those teams could damn near finish in any order. I know State's the favorite, obviously, to finish seventh, but they could finish in any order. There are reasons you can point to and say, you know, any of those teams is going to overachieve or hit an eight-win, nine-win mark, and there are reasons you can point to for each of those and say, hey, they're going to win five or six games. So what do you make of the SEC West? I know obviously you're an Arkansas guy. The Hogs were picked to finish fifth in the SEC West behind Texas A&M and Ole Miss. Again, I imagine the margins are just razor thin on these picks. But what do you make of the West three through seven? And who would you say if you had to give a, you know, I, I don't know about stock up, stock down, but like how do you view these teams in the West? Because it feels like, again, they're all sort of bunched up. When they play each other, they're all 50-50 games. It's it's really hard to kind of make sense and pick out, okay, who's going to be the team on the rise and who may be the team on the decline coming out of the 2023 season? Yeah, I think a lot of people feel that same way, Chris. And I picked as follows, A&M, Arkansas, Ole Miss, Auburn, and Mississippi State. But I really don't feel confident about that Mississippi State pick with Will Rogers. I know – uh, we no longer have Mike Leach with us, and that's a tough situation for uh, Zach Arnett to inherit. But that that stock, that three through seven you mentioned, is really close. I think Alabama and LSU have separated themselves in the West. Not to say they won't be beat or tested at times this season, but that's the game in Bryant-Denny that everyone's going to be looking for. And then we're going to see what the other teams do. We're going to see if Texas A&M can bounce back from a five and seven season, Arkansas from a six and six season. If Mississippi State can respond once again to be picked last in the SEC, nine of the 12 teams or last years, they have been picked last in the SEC. So that's something, again, you got to keep an eye on. I think with Auburn, uh, I, I think I saw a report that, it looks like Robbie Ashford still might be in the starting role for quarterback, or at least in the lead right now, even though they brought in Peyton Ford from Michigan state. So there are so many storylines within the West, some quarterback battles, some quarterback question marks like Connor Wegman in college station, how Petrino could do with him in just one season. I cannot wait to see how it shakes out. We're going to have some close tight football games this year that a lot of teams are going to end up with some some losses in their column and not as many wins as maybe they initially initially anticipated we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast 
Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, let's talk about Texas A&M because he made waves at SEC Media Days. Jimbo Fisher did. When asked about the Bobby Petrino thing, I think that's probably the most fascinating assistant coach or coordinator hire that was made over the course of the offseason. Bobby Petrino, his his reputation precedes himself, both for good and bad reasons. But either way, he's regarded as one of the best offensive minds in college football. Do you see that working out in College Station? Does Jimbo finally let go of the reins, let Bobby do his thing, and lead Texas A&M to a big bounce-back season? And they need it, because I tell you what, that buyout $75 million, but depending on the price of oil around Thanksgiving, if they hit <laughs> five or six wins, there's no guarantees that Jimbo Fisher is back next year. Chris, the perspective I come from is Bobby Petrino hasn't been an assistant coach in about 20 years, and Jimbo Fisher hasn't let go of the offense in 10-plus years. So if you factor those two thieves in, like you've been doing Spurs up for a while now, let's say in 20 years down the road, you have to give up the reins to a CEO or a CFO or whatever. It's not going to be an easy transition because you've been the, the top dog, you've been the king, you've been the alpha for 20 years. And to say it's just going to go flawlessly, to say they respect one another, to say that they're just coaches trying to get the job done, they're human beings too. Human beings have egos. Coaches have some of the biggest egos in all of the world. So this idea that this is just going to go without a hiccup, I can't buy into that. I hope it burns down. I hate College Station. I hate Texas A&M. I make no bones about that. I don't know how South Carolina fans feel about the Aggies. Maybe just meh. But that is not my team. That's not my team of choice. It never will be. So the worse it is, the happier I am. I don't know if it's necessarily going to head in that direction, but there are some big-time games that there could definitely be some blow-ups, and I hope it blows up. Say it with your test. Chess, Ty Richardson. <laughs> I respect the hell of it. Let's talk about the Arkansas Razorbacks. Let's talk about the Hogs. K.J. Jefferson, Rocket Sanders, both back on the offensive side, which, Ty, I'll say this on a side note. It was really cool to be able to ask K.J. Jefferson a question one-on-one about Trey Knox and you know his impact at South Carolina, his experience with him as a teammate. I was surprised that Rocket Sanders did not get more attention, I guess, at SEC. Like, it was just so easy to walk up and ask him a question. I know he was voted first-team All-SEC, but it's, it's almost like he floated under the radar, and it's like this is one of the best running backs in all of college football. Uh, so anytime, again, you've got that tandem returning, you feel really good about it. 
you know, Arkansas last year, a disappointing season, six and six. KJ dealt with some injuries that affected them. Uh, the defensive side is really what hurt you guys a season ago with the the back end of the defense, the pass defense being one of the worst in college football. Uh, and now you transition. Both coordinators are brand new. Most notably, you go from Kendall Bryles to Dan Enos on the offensive side. What are the expectations for Arkansas? Because you know, you come off that nine game, that nine win season in year two. I mean, I remember last year when South Carolina played Arkansas. I don't know, man. I felt like Sam Pittman and the Hogs were kind of the talk of college football, and they got this great culture. And I think SEC Nation might have been there at that game or something like that. But like Arkansas was a hot commodity. And you know, as well as anybody, this game is week to week, and you start losing, and all of a sudden your stock starts to plummet. So, what does Sam Pittman need to do? He's such a likable guy. Everybody wants to see this guy win. He's such an Arkansas dude. But what does he need to do in this season to show progress Hogs fans want to see? Because, you know, while you're in the SEC West and it's ultra competitive, man, you got K.J. Jefferson and Rocket Sanders. I feel like you got to capitalize on that if you're Pittman and company. I think eight wins, regular season, nine total with the bowl. Fans would be satisfied. Now, I think their ceiling's probably 10. A lot of things have to go right. Your point about Rocket Sanders is well made. I was in the individual Arkansas media session, and there was about seven or eight media members around KJ, two around Landon Jackson. Rocket's just sitting there twiddling his thumbs. I go up to him. I'm like, yo, the All-SEC, first-team All-SEC running back, not getting any love, and he just kind of smiled. We just started talking. I was amazed at how easy that was, but it's a quarterback-driven sport. It's a quarterback-driven league in the SEC to a certain extent, really in college football. That's just always how it's going to be. Maybe there will be a seismic shift at some point. I hope that doesn't like affect their relationship at all because jealousy does creep in at certain points. I, I haven't seen anything that would lead me to believe that, but we've seen, again, quarterback, running back, or quarterback, wide receivers dynamics that maybe worked for a couple years and then fizzled out at the end. I'm excited, though, to see what they can do this year. You refer to that South Carolina win that Arkansas had. If Rattler makes a couple throws that he made late in the season, the Gamecocks probably win that game. Arkansas got lucky with some pressure on that. But, yeah, it was an up-and-down season last year. There were some highs, there were some lows, probably more lows that people would point to based on what you've heard. And, again, a 6-6 six and six season, you can't be boisterous and pumping your chest about it. So I think, again, around eight wins would be awesome for this football team. If they get to 10, I'll be ecstatic. And if they get to 11, I might jump through the window. <laughs> These champagne bottles will be popped by Ty oh, yeah. and Fayetteville, that's for sure. Hey, let's shift gears, Ty, and move to the SEC East. I think we all know it's Georgia at number one. Vandy at number seven, although there's some conversation there. I think Clark Lee's doing a hell of a job. The question everybody wants answered, who's the fourth best team in the SEC? Is it fair, and would you say that it's the Tennessee Volunteers? That's where most people will go. Some will yeah. argue Texas A&M. Some will argue someone else. Would you say it's the Tennessee Volunteers and Josh Heupel? I think it has to be. I mean, you go Georgia, probably 1A, and then LSU 1B. And that's how most people have. It's either Georgia or LSU. And then Bama's right behind them. Some people, of course, have Alabama over at LSU. Uh, Tennessee hosts Georgia this year, and they travel to Tuscaloosa. I think they split that. I think they're ultimately going to fall to Alabama and beat Georgia at home. Don't ask me how. I just have it in my gut. I felt like I said it all season. I thought Tennessee was going to beat Alabama. Thank goodness for Hinton Hooker, um, Josh Heupel, that kicker that somehow, someway got that field goal through. And then, of course, the guy that was just unbelievable on the outside, Jalen Hyatt. So that's it's intriguing to me, the South Carolina-Tennessee matchup, because I think that's going to be high score. Rattler and Milton going at each other. I mean, that'll be in the 
That could be near 100-plus points. That's how crazy it's going to be. But at this point, I think it's fair, and I think it's safe to say that Tennessee is the fourth-best team in this league. But the gap between them and maybe South Carolina or A&M is really, really short compared to maybe Alabama, LSU, and Tennessee, if you combine those, if you look at those when you compare those. The Spurs Up show is brought to you by our friends over at Twisted Tea. Are you ready to elevate your college football game day experience? Check out Twisted Tea, your go-to game day beverage for college football fans. Twisted Tea is unlike any hard beverage you've had before. It's made with real brewed tea and packs a flavorful punch with 5% alcohol and no carbonation, delivering the perfect balance of taste and refreshment that goes down smooth for every game day occasion. No need to settle for the usual. Twisted Tea turns up any occasion, especially when you're cheering for your favorite team. Whether you're tailgating in the stadium parking lot, watching at a bar, or hosting friends at home, Twisted Tea is there to elevate the game day experience. It perfectly complements your love for college football and your passion for creating unforgettable moments. So let's toast to unforgettable game day experiences. Twisted Tea, the drink that fuels fun and celebrates your love for college football. Keep it twisted. The Spurs Up Show is also brought to you by our friends over at Game Time. Download the Game Time app or head over to GameTime.co and use the promo code Spurs Up for $20 off your first purchase. Again, that's promo code Spurs Up, S-P or S-U-P, for $20 off your first purchase. Game Time is the best ticket buying app available that removes all the stress of the ticket buying process. They have things like images of your seat before you buy, so you know exactly what to expect when you arrive. Guys, you can buy your tickets in a matter of seconds. Two taps, and you're set. And also tickets, they're sent directly to your phone. So no more scrambling, searching through your email, trying to find the tickets you just bought. Whether it be the Gamecocks, a concert, a comedy club event, you name it. Whatever the event is, buying tickets shouldn't be stressful. And Game Time is the way to go. Again, that's our friends at Game Time. Go download the Game Time app or go to GameTime.co. And when you do, Create an account and use promo code SPURSUP. That's S-P-U-R-S-U-P for $20 off your first purchase. Download Game Time today. Last-minute tickets. Lowest price. Guaranteed. Tie back to the Georgia Bulldogs. A college football team has not won three straight national championships in over 90 years. Do you feel like Georgia is equipped to make it three in a row? They are the favorite despite what... Folks in Dog Nation want to say that everybody's doubting them, of course. Everybody has Georgia number one. Everybody picked Georgia. And if you didn't pick Georgia to win the SEC, God bless you. I mean, I can can hear you out on LSU and Bama, but, you know, obviously the other picks with Tennessee, Vandy, whatever. Either way, Georgia's the pick. They're the favorite. Your thoughts? I mean, do you think they make it three in a row? They're obviously – they're loaded. Kirby Smart, the job he's doing is incredible. Just – Speak to that. And again, I mean, do you feel like Georgia's equipped to make it three straight and be the first to do so in almost 100 years? It all comes down to Carson Beck. I mean, you're transitioning quarterbacks, and that has worked at times under Nick Saban. Sometimes there's been a lapse. So, you again, this is there's a reason, like you said, it hasn't been done in 90-plus years, just like the Heisman Trophy winner hasn't been back-to-back since Archie Griffin. And I, I thought I asked a good question uh, to my co-host, what happens first? 
Does someone go three straight? Could you see Georgia doing it? Or does Caleb Williams win it again this year? And I don't think either is going to happen. I don't think Caleb Williams is going to repeat as a Heisman Trophy winner, and I don't think George is going to win it. I don't know if they get, they stub their toe in the college football playoff, if they somehow get bit twice in the SEC, which I think is less likely to happen. Maybe they lose once in conference play and they fall in the SEC championship game in Atlanta. But I just think that with the stuff going on in the offseason, with the quarterback transition, and the fact that you just brought up, it's been 90-plus years that it happened. If there's anyone that could done it, it's Nick Saban. Now, if Kirby does do it, we have to start. And I think some people have already insinuated that Georgia's the program to be in college football. Some are still holding out in Alabama. If they do somehow do it, there's no question who the best right. There, there's no debate in Tuscaloosa. There's no debate in anywhere in Alabama, Huntsville, Montgomery. It doesn't matter. Gulf Shores. There is an undisputed, decided fact that the best program in college football is Georgia if they go win three straight. Kind of the SEC East is almost as log jammed as the SEC West with teams like Missouri, Kentucky, Florida, South Carolina, and even Tennessee fighting in that as well. Y- your thoughts on the East? We'll start with Missouri because this is always a fascinating conversation. Because John Neighbors, who we're buddies with, and myself got grilled by Missouri Twitter when we went on that SEC podcast, Michael Bratton, friend of both of ours. And it's so funny how the thought process of every team that loses to Mizzou doesn't feel like they should lose to Mizzou. Like they just mm-hmm. we should never lose to Missouri. And it's funny enough, man, a couple of days ago, you know, we're doing our opponent previews, and I had a guy, Colin Anthony of the Mazodcast on a Missouri Tigers podcast. And it was so funny talking to them about it because I think they fully embrace being like the redheaded stepchild of the SEC. And I, I know there's a bitter rivalry with Arkansas and Missouri. And your thoughts, let's stick specifically with Mizzou because I know this hits home for you. You know, I think Arkansas and South Carolina fans feel like we should never lose to Mizzou. But every single year, they lose to Mizzou. Like, what gives, my man? I wish I had the answer because then I might be able to help Sam Pittman out this year. Think about this, Chris. Since joining the SEC, Arkansas has the same number of wins of against Texas A&M and Missouri as they do against LSU. Three. They beat Missouri in 2015, 2021, and they beat A&M in 2021. And that's it since joining the SEC. They beat LSU in 1415 and then in 2021. That's horrible. Like, I don't know how you can compare one of the best programs in college football and LSU and the fact that you have as many wins against them, against against combined A&M and Missouri since joining the SEC. It's so annoying, man. I've been to Columbia. Columbia, I've never been to Columbia, South Carolina. I want to preface that for your listeners. I have a deep-rooted interest to get out east and visit Columbia, South Carolina at some point in time. I want to go to williams Price Stadium. I want to see the, the boxcars or the tra- tra- and the train tracks and all that. That looks awesome. I'm unfor- Unfortunately, I won't get to go to Pavlov's, but Columbia, Missouri sucks. Like there's, it, It's not an SEC town. They're lucky that they have the Kansas City and the St. Louis market because that's the only reason they were invited to join this league, and yet we can't seem to beat them. We can't beat them in football. We've struggled against in basketball sometimes. It is so aggravating and so frustrating that those bums from Como somehow, some way, beat Arkansas and other teams. In addition to that, their coach has an Arkansas connection. He's originally from like the Almeria. He's coached in different places, which is so aggravating. And Drinkowitz actually came on with our midday show with Matt Jones, who 
played quarterback at Arkansas was awesome. And they, they shared some great stories. And I left that interview not saying a word thinking, man, I kind of like this guy. So not only do I have to hate Missouri, but I kind of like their head coach after 10 minutes of listening to him. He was a personable guy. I just hope he doesn't win in Fayetteville this year. Cause I might, I might not do radio. Cause like yourself went on with Mike on that SEC podcast. It's funny you asked that because he actually just posted the clip recently and I was just getting dogged by Missouri fans. And I was like, you know what? I really don't have anything to back myself up at this. They've got to start winning that series. Well, and you know, I'll say this in my defense, Ty, because they came at me too, but it really showed who watched the clip and who didn't because you'll notice at the end I say, but that's not how football works. Like when you've lost to someone four in a row, you can't really go around beating your chest saying that we're the better program. We're the, I mean, dude, I saw somebody comment on Twitter. It was a Gamecock fan, but literally comment and say, I don't care if Missouri beats us every year. They're not better than us. And I'm like, <laughs> I don't know that that's necessarily how it works, but I guess whatever floats your boat. Hey, let's stick with the Gamecock specifically, man. Your thoughts again. You guys saw this team last year. And like you mentioned, I mean, if Spencer Rattler is his late season form and connects on some of those deep passes or what have you. It might be a much different game in Fayetteville. Uh, Your thoughts on South Carolina. I I feel like South Carolina and Arkansas, there are actually a lot of similarities in regards to they've both got coaches that are great culture fits that both fan bases feel really good about. I think Beamer's viewed in the same way as Pittman's where like fans absolutely want this guy to succeed. He's one of us. He's cut his teeth there. He loves this place. He's embraced it. Thoughts on South Carolina. Do you feel like they can make some noise in the SEC East and overall outlook for the Gamecocks entering the year? Chris, I ranked him at third. And one of the main differences is we don't have this behemoth of another college football program in my in our state. I, I feel so frustrated if I was a South Carolina fan. I mean, you think about the Spurrier days when he would mention like Clemsoning and Davo got so mad. Clemson would be on the brink of maybe making a national championship or being in contention for one. And South Carolina just beat him at the end of the year, every year. And it was so funny. And now, now Beamer, again, they got the better of him last year. We saw that firsthand. Um, DJ, you might be better off playing baseball than throwing the football. We'll see how he does in Corvallis. But I, I think for South Carolina, who, again, I voted third, I think there's a lot of things you like about what Beamer has done to this point in time. I've seen that you guys have gotten some high-end, talented defensive recruits. You've got some good fertile recruiting areas. Um, Chris, how far is – I know how far Clemson is to Atlanta. How far is Columbia to Atlanta? Columbia to Atlanta, it's about two and a half hours. I'd say. Okay. I don't have miles, but it's it's pretty close. I mean, It's, it's not- right there. Right, and it's, right. it, Arkansas's closest Metroplex is really Dallas. Oklahoma City is about three and a half hours away. Tulsa, about – hour and a half two, which are good football hubs as is St. Louis and as is Kansas city, but Atlanta's just different. Atlanta's like Dallas. Like there's only, there's only select few of cities that you can be like, yeah, that's one of the juggernauts in high school football. So if Beamer keeps up with these incredible videos that they keep posted where I think everyone relates to them regardless of age and they keep winning on the field and having in, in good Novembers, then he's going to keep building that up. Can they challenge Georgia through through early they haven't been able to just because Georgia's Georgia and I know Beamer always cracks me up after losses he is uh he, he's not exactly the best loser and none of us are but if they can figure out that problem which it is a again a gargantuan problem how to challenge them on the line of scrimmage and I think South Carolina again we saw Spurrier take them to back-to-back SEC championships you can do something there Arkansas has been to three SEC championships so that's a combined five since the teams joined the league. I don't I don't know if y'all been in another one since then or outside of those parameters, but 
both those schools again, man, that'd be great. To see them meet in the Atlanta for the final SEC championship. I wouldn't bet my money on it, but sure would love to see it. Wouldn't you, Chris? I absolutely would, man. And I think for both of those programs, and I, I don't know if Arkansas fans feel the same way, because, you know, I, again, both fan bases, it feels like similarities there where it's, you know, both feel there's no reason they can't get to the upper echelon or the, the respective teams can't get to the point where, you know, not necessarily being Georgia or Alabama or LSU, but maybe being an eight to nine win per year program. And every three to four years, you have the right team, you have the right quarterback you have a, a veteran team the schedule breaks well and you find yourself in Atlanta I think for both those programs though because Oklahoma and Texas I mean the additions of the it's going to make one in the SEC extremely difficult yeah but a 12 team playoff makes things very interesting because if you're a 10 win team in the SEC I mean the odds you get in I gotta think Ty are pretty damn good your thoughts on Oklahoma and Texas joining and then what I just mentioned for Arkansas, South Carolina, I think a lot of these other middle-of-the-pack programs as well that all of a sudden I think the focus, while the SEC champion is still a goal, the focus now turns to making a playoff, and that's what I think these programs are going to be building their programs upon. I don't think there's any question. Uh, for Oklahoma and Texas joining the league, Arkansas fans love it. There's been monumental games against the Longhorns over the Southwest Conference days. Broyles, Royal, that was the huge rivalry uh, back in the day, and it's Arkansas's biggest rival. That's the team they hate the most. Burn Orange is not allowed in the state of Arkansas. And then Oklahoma, Fayetteville, and Norman are about three and a half hours away. That's the closest SEC school in proximity to the Razorbacks. Not Ole Miss, not Missouri, but it will be the Oklahoma Sooners. So I think, again, that's unique for us. You look about, you look at the opportunity for Oklahoma to fly from Norman or Texas to fly from Austin, Austin into Columbia, into Williams Price Stadium. That's got to be for appealing for, for fans of yours. I mean, I would be so jacked about that. I cannot wait. And the other aspect you pointed to, Chris, an opportunity to play a home playoff game in Donald W. Reynolds Racerback Stadium or Williams Price Stadium. I mean, I can only imagine how rabid, how crazy fans would be for that opportunity. Long way to go to that point for both schools, but just even the idea of it has got to be appealing. You know, you mentioned the Razorback Stadium, and I wanted to point out I had a couple of buddies that went there last year. I feel like for whatever reason, the Arkansas home atmosphere doesn't quite get the love. And I mean, there listen, there's a lot of great stadiums in the SEC. I mean, that's one of the things like – you know, Arkansas Stadium is the best stadium in the ACC, right? It's just so competitive in the SEC. But I will say I had a couple of buddies tell me they said, Chris, that was one of the most hostile environments we've ever been to. <laughs> like, Arkansas fans are rowdy. They know how to party. I see it more evidently in baseball, I think, than anything. I've never been to yeah. Baum, but it is on my bucket list to get to Baum because – and you have the guy rocking the – you know, you have the beer hats. You have the guy rocking the – the hog head and the paint. I mean, it's just yeah. it's pure madness out there. Arkansas fans really turn up for baseball. I respect it, and they should. They got a damn good team uh, with Dave Van Horn leading it. Here, go ahead. You wanted to say something on the on the atmosphere? Well, yeah. I mean, you're welcome anytime. I don't know the next time that South Carolina will be in town. Um, I will say this, Chris. One of the loudest, at least from on television and atmospheres I've ever seen, was 2010 when the South Carolina Gamecocks hosted the Alabama Crimson Tide. Greg McElroy getting sacked all over the place. Uh, I mean, you had Alshon Jeffrey. Uh, that was the best game I think I've ever seen a quarterback who was marginal to good in Steven Garcia. I mean, he played out of his mind that game. And Marshawn Lattimore was running amok. And I was watching that game 
thinking to myself, man, this is one of the craziest atmospheres I've ever seen, as was Tennessee when Alabama when Alabama comes to town. Baseball-wise, Chris, dude, you got to come, man. I don't, I don't remember if South Carolina is on the baseball schedule this year, but it is an experience out in the hog pen. What's unique about it is you can drink out there. All you have to do is bring in a cooler, have cups, and it's it's like college, basically. And don't ask, don't tell. If it's in a solo cup, don't ask, don't tell. I'm telling you, you and South Carolina has a good baseball tradition. We saw that with Ray Tanner, and we've seen what they've done since. If you experience Bomb Walker as a South Carolina guy, you will come back and say, you know what? I have to be honest. That's the best baseball atmosphere I've ever been to. That is not a diss at what South Carolina has done. You guys have the national championships. We're still searching for those. But in terms of a home baseball atmosphere, you will be amazed once you leave Bob Walker Stadium. I believe you, Ty. And I don't know what will be more entertaining, going to the actual game in Arkansas or sitting back and watching Arkansas and Mississippi State fans argue on Twitter who has a better stadium, (laughs) Bomb or the dude. So, (laughs) Because I know they – they are passionate about the dude being top notch, and it's great. But you know, I I respect the uh, I I I want to see both. To be fair, I want to see both. I mean, they're both you know, incredible venues. Chris, here's the thing about Starfield: it gets the worst. The worst college down the SEC is Columbia, Missouri. I think I don't know what's second because I actually had a great time in Starkfield. Now I didn't go to Duty Noble. That's on my bucket list as well. And Arkansas got absolutely clapped. Will Rogers ripped Arkansas apart last year, and KJ wasn't playing. But I had a great time. South Carolina, um, Mississippi State has like a Bourbon Street type place called the Cotton District, and it's great. I mean, it's really cool. It's really unique. It's kind of small, but I'm telling you, man, it, it, it's not exactly on a lot of people's bucket list. But I had a great time. And I will absolutely go back in two years. No question. Love it. Well, Ty Richardson, Ty, I want one last thing before I get you out of here and our favorite topic to talk about, NIL. I'm just curious your thoughts because Lane Kiffin spent basically his entire press conference at Media Days talking about NIL, college football is a disaster. We've seen a team like Arkansas, like South Carolina, like so many in the SEC in college football because it's such a reality and something you have to do utilize the transfer portal, utilize NIL. You're just overall thoughts on the state of the portal NIL. Cause again, it's one of those things where, you know, when it benefits your team, it's great, but you've also got to deal with the other side of the sword. You're just overall thoughts. And also on what Lane Kiffin had to say about the sport currently in the future of it. Well, we got some feedback after Joe Manchin and Tommy Trevor bill or released the pass bill that has yet to be ratified. It's definitely going to go through the the typical Congress. I had to go back to the old schoolhouse rock days and remember how the uh, the bill got passed or is going to get passed. So that was kind of fun to go down memory lane. But I mean, Lane Kiffin's probably frustrated because I, it, it sure seems like from the outside looking in that Oxford and Ole Miss aren't necessarily funding NIL like he wants them to. That's why I think he keeps going on this topic is it's because it's not only a message to college football and Greg Sankey and Charlie Baker, it's also a message to his own fan base. Y'all, we need some money. And I know every coach feels that same way. I think Ryan Day came out last year for Ohio State and said, we need $14 million to keep this recruiting class together. And I was just like, holy cow, 14 mil on addition to everything else that the football program tries to get out of donations and stuff. So he's just he's basically being more boisterous and loud than uh, than a lot of other college football coaches. But I guarantee they feel the same way. They just don't necessarily they didn't necessarily take the angle that he came at it. But I thought he he was one of the more interesting, intriguing coaches at SEC Media Days, which 
I know it was your first, and I was, and it was a lot of fun, no question. But there, I promise you, there have been better SEC media days when we had Mike Leach, we had Steve Spurrier, we had other college football coaches that you listen to every single detail and every word. It's a little underwhelming what some of the coaches said over the course of that four days. Ty, do you feel with everything being publicized on social media now? I mean, I'm talking literally every word. Do you feel like that's going to become more of the norm at an event like media days where coaches, players are extremely guarded in what they say when they know that any little thing can be turned into a clip, turned into a graphic, and maybe used against them? I mean, I'll tell you this, Ty, with as anal as coaches are, I can't believe they still do, like, call-in shows during the week for fans. I Like, I can't believe that's a thing. I'll be totally honest. I don't know why they even subject themselves to that. Your thoughts, though, do you feel like that's going to be a more normal thing where, like, we get boring media days because it's, like, my number one goal if I'm a coach, don't say something that that can be used as potential bulletin board material or used against me in recruiting or the portal or an endless number of things. I think that's a, a fair point. Chris, even for you and myself, we have to consistently lay out our points because otherwise if it gets back to a coach or it gets back to a player, it's like, you said this about me, you said this. And it's like, well, no, this is actually what I said not a minute before someone just clipped this out and sent it to you. So I think in, in, in the world of social media, when it's so easy to take things out of context, post things out of context, write things out of context, coaches feel the same way we do. And I think it's frustrating for them because they were advocating for honesty, transparency in what they actually think. And at the same time, if they tell you sometimes, then people rip them for it. So that's the the consistent tug and a given tug with so with social media and the media itself. And I think coaches, some just don't care. Kevin doesn't seem to care. He'll just go at it, whatever. Other coaches, Saban's pretty honest and open. Now, some say stuff, he he might say something and think something completely different. But it just varies on the coach. They're standing at the school and how much they think they can get away with, whether people agree with them or not. Uh, that's, what, well, that's what I think, Chris. Hi, Richardson, program director at ESPN Arkansas. Hit that line, Arkansas, I believe it is. Co-host of the Morning Rush as well, Ty appreciate you having me on your airwaves. It was a fantastic pleasure to meet you at SEC Media Days. Let everyone know where they can check out all of your work. I appreciate it, Chris. So yeah, like he said, uh, morning rush shows from 6 to 9 a.m. Central Time on ESPN Arkansas at Ty Sports Radio on Twitter. And then uh, just bopping around SEC football conversations. Hopefully, uh, hopefully me and Chris will do one of these joint suckers in Atlanta coming up the first weekend in December when Arkansas takes on South Carolina for the SEC championship. We can dream, my friend. We can dream. Ty, I appreciate you taking the time, man. Let's definitely do it again soon. Talk some SEC football during the season. Can't wait for kickoff, my man. I appreciate you. Can't wait either. Thanks, Chris.